Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, my name is Jim Richard. I want to welcome you to message number six in this series, The Rapture, Hope and Comfort. And that's exactly what I want to happen for you in listening to this series is getting hope and comfort in the middle of this dark time that we're living in right now. I want to tell you something. God is for you. He is not against you. He is with you. He has not left you. And so that means that the only thing that's left is this. Can I hear his voice? Do I hear his voice? And do I trust and follow when I hear his voice? And those are questions that you have just got to observe. So many times when people are facing hardship, I will hear people say, man, I just need a word from the Lord. So often, while they're bemoaning the fact that they're not getting a personal private word from the Lord, I will look up scripture and realize that, wait a minute, there is a scripture that perfectly describes your situation. You don't need another word from the Lord. You need to do what the scripture says because God's not going to say anything to you that's different from what's in the Bible. So, so uh, you, we don't need a personal word all the time. We just need to know the, the word of God, the wisdom of God. So, you know, uh, Psalm 23, which is obviously one of nearly everybody's favorite Psalms, starts out like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Now, the job of a shepherd is primarily to uh, uh, feed, to lead, and to protect. Now, I know you've heard these crazy stories over the years, how the shepherd, if a, if a sheep wanders off, he'll go break their leg and carry them on. I don't even, I've never even been able to validate that story. God is not going to break your leg to get you back in the fold where you are safe. That is always your choice. God never violates your free will. And the Amplified Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and to shield me. I shall not lack. Now, in my opinion, the rest of Psalm 23 is all about all these different provisions. For example, verse 2 says, He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. Verse 3 says, He refreshes and restores my soul or my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right stand. And with Him, not for my earning it, but for His namesake. And so it goes through all of these things. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do not fear evil. Now, I am fully convinced that every promise that is made in Psalm 23 from verse 2 to the last verse is absolutely contingent upon us following and trusting him as our shepherd. If we are not following him, then God can't really do uh, any, anything for us because he wants to follow us. He wants to lead us. He, wa he wants to teach us. He wants to protect us. He wants to do all these things that we need. And uh, 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 he can only do that to the degree that we are willing to follow him. Now, we've talked a lot about in the, in the Hebrew alphabet, you have what's called a mem. That's one of the letters. 
and the mem represents water. Uh, and the idea here is if you want to know what's in the water, you have to dive in for yourself. And so the mem, according to how it's placed in a word, can be used uh, of you and God talking and connecting and entering into intimacy and, uh, um, and, and that happening through the Bible, through the revealed knowledge of God. And so God is always wanting you to jump into the Word of God, read it prayerfully, and let Him, by His Holy Spirit, teach you how to put it into practice. Now, the next way that a mem can be used is whenever you get into intimacy with God and He shares things about your life, He shares things that are coming, He shares things that are going on in the world around you. But one of the things we understand is this. God will, if you, if you reject or ignore or irresponsible with his revealed word, in other words, what we call the Bible, if you don't look there and you're not interested in that, then you can never find intimacy with God. And so, and Jesus taught this, you know, in, in the book of John so many times. So if you want, if you want intimate, personal words from God, then that is contingent upon what you do with the public words that he is sharing with anybody. And if you do not value them and embrace them, then the real truth is uh, there's, God really has nothing else that he can really say to you. Now, I'm talking about prophecy more in the last year or so than I have probably in the last uh, 40, or 40 years or more. And, you know, you might wonder, well, Jim, why, why are you talking about prophecy now? Well, it is so incredibly important that we jump into some prophecy now because there are things that we can know about the times that we are in. You'll remember one of my favorite scriptures uh, from the book of Chronicles is where David surrounded himself and, and he built his team. And the Bible talks about how that the how those are the tribes of Issachar, the thing that they brought to David to help him rule effectively was they understood the times and what Israel should do. In other words, how, how Israel should respond to the times. So we are in a place now where there are things that were prophesied, many of them thousands of years ago, but we are at a time where we need to know and understand those prophecies so that we can understand what's going on in the world and understand how to walk with God into a, a victorious place. So if we do not have a solid foundation in the Word of God or a solid foundation of relationship with God, one of the problems is we won't trust prophecy. We, you know, we, we just, it just won't make sense to us. If we don't know the Bible, then we really won't understand uh, prophecy. If we're not people of faith in general, even when we hear a prophecy and understand it, we will, we, we will go to that place where we start saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is that for me? Or I mean, does that, does that apply now? Or what is it? But this is a time, I am telling you, there are so many things. And see, we fail to understand the prophetic nature of the scripture. And I hope I'm going get to get to help you with this a little bit. You know, so the first question we have says, okay, what is prophecy? Well, Isaiah 46 9 says, For I am God and there is no other. I am God, there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient 
times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all of my pleasure. Now, God does some phenomenal things through prophecy. First of all, uh, God does through prophecy what no other so-called God has ever done. There is not another religion in the world that has the specific detailed prophecies uh, that the Bible has and that they have consistently come to pass. And so, you know, we are entering into a time right now where there, there are more prophecies about this time that we're entering into than there are any other things in the Bible. There's more prophecies right now about the beginning of sorrows and going into the end times. There are more prophecies about this than there was about Jesus' first coming to planet Earth. So uh, God is using prophecy not just to foretell what's coming, but he is using prophecy to foretell and to instruct us how to live and move and, and be effective and be successful in the times that we live in. Now, another thing is God establishes himself as God through prophecy. So, so I, I want you to understand, remember, anytime you see prophecy, you are seeing something that no other false God, no other religion in the world is capable of doing. And uh, man, that's just so phenomenal. You know, when I first got saved, one of the things that was so influential in my life was as I began to read through the book of Matthew, I had a little Gideon's New Testament. And so, you know, you start in the book of Matthew. That's the beginning. And so as I'm reading through the book of Matthew, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Never read the Bible, didn't know anything about anything. All I knew is I gave my life to Jesus and I wanted to figure out what, what it was about. So I immediately started reading the Bible. Well, as I'm reading through the book of Matthew, time after time, after time, after time, Jesus would do something. Matthew would say, according, you know, according to the prophet Isaiah, Jesus did or said this. And I saw all of these places where the very, you know, the very words that Jesus spoke on the cross, the very words uh, that people said to him as they were watching him die on the cross, the very exchanges that took place between him and him and the disciples and, and, and even him and Judas were, were word for word, letter for letter. And I was just astounded. I'm just telling you, that kind of gave me that mentality that said, you know something, if God can foretell these things thousands of years in advance or hundreds of years in advance, I can trust him. And so prophecy had a lot to do with cementing my confidence in God right off the bat. So God also defines himself to man through prophecy. You know, uh, as some people say, the, uh, the Gentile mindset of prophecy is that, God, is that God predicts something and it comes to pass. But the Jews looked at prophecy in a much bigger light because they realized that the prophecies actually reveal things about the character and the nature of God. And we were able to identify patterns about how God functions and how God relates, you know, through prophecy. So also through prophecy, he reveals his eternal plan. And like I said, prophecies not only foretell the future, they provide instructions for preparation. I mean, just stop and think about it. Noah preaching about the flood coming, uh, I think for over a hundred years, that was prophecy. And so Noah and his family, they hearkened to the prophecy that God had given him. In other words, him just going out and telling people a flood was coming was prophecy. 
And so his family was the only family who believed it, and his family was the only family who actually uh, was able to get saved. And you can go through, I mean, man, you can go through the, the historical books of the Bible, and you can find time after time after time where people were delivered, not because they got a special, unique word from God, but because they had something right there in the scripture that they just read it and said, oh, here's my answer. I don't, I don't really need anything else. Now, if God can tell you what's going to happen in the future, then very obviously you, if you listen to him and if you trust him, you can prepare for that future. Now, that future may be 10 minutes from now or maybe 10 years from now, but it doesn't matter. When you know in your heart that you've heard from God, whether it is in the scripture, and really I'm looking more at prophecy that is in the scripture. I, you know, so many people run around saying they got a word of knowledge, they bring it and it never comes to pass. I got a word of prophecy, they bring it, it never comes to pass. There are so many times that I have just seen people prophesy and prophesy and prophesy and prophesy and nothing comes to pass. And you know, I don't want to be ugly to people like that, but you know, I just tell people, look, you can't, if, if when you think you have a word from God and it doesn't come to pass, you know, very often say, you know, six out of 10 times and you got a problem. Or if it even comes to pass less than that, you got a problem. So instead of going with something that is so subjective and dependent on your own emotions, here's an idea. Why don't you get something out of the word of God that answers the questions that you need. Now, uh, so again, you see this all the way through the scripture. You see people uh, uh, in the Bible preparing for things that are coming because uh, they've, you know, they have heard from God what the future is going to be and they prepare for it. You know, the real truth is, I don't know if I would have made it through some of my personal struggles and failures uh, in the early days of my calling if it had not been for prophecy or hearing the voice of the Lord. You know, I was, um, I was living here in Huntsville. I was ministering on the street. I was completely satisfied to minister on the street. I was happy. People were getting saved. You know, all the right things were happening. I was starting home groups here in Huntsville. And, uh, and so back in those days, I used to fast and pray on a regular basis. Now, fasting does not get God to speak to you. Fasting kind of numbs down uh, your five senses. So you start becoming more aware of the internal senses that you have. And you start recognizing the voice of God in your heart. So uh, I began to, uh, as I was fasting, I, I was going through a thing where I was hearing from God. And so God spoke to me and said, in three years, you will make a major move. And so basically I had this sense of, he was saying, so get ready, start, start aligning your affairs to be ready for this. Well, three years later, probably to the month, I moved to Pensacola, Florida and enrolled in Bible college. I had no intention of going to Bible college at that point in time when the Lord spoke to me. And I, hadn't, I didn't assume that it was about Bible college. I just knew when the time came and I realized three years have gone by, this thing is in my heart, this is, this is a God thing. And then at that same point in time, and he said, so then in two years, you will move and launch into ministry. 
So sure enough, I go down there. Now I'm down there trying to get a bachelor's degree. The first six months I was there, I couldn't even get in school because of finance, the lack of finances. And, um, um, but I just stayed there. I kept thinking, okay, God, you sent me here. You got to work this out. So sure enough, uh, uh, I was out doing some ministry, and as it turns out, a big article came out in the paper about me, and somebody read it and went to the school and said, we're going we're gonna to pay this guy's tuition. We won't give him a scholarship. So I got a full-ride scholarship. Now, the problem was, I, I, then I only had about 18 months left before the two-year period was going to come up. So, you know, I took full-time classes in the daytime. I took full-time classes in the evening. I took correspondence classes on the weekend. I'm telling you, I was knocking it out. Because, because again, if I had failed to prepare, then that would have been to hear a miss. That would have been to have God give me a warning or, or tell me some way to prepare for the future and not do it. And that is a type of sin. Now, I'm just telling you, I hear people all the time telling me stuff that God told them to do, and then they don't do it. I'm like, well, what are you doing? What do you think is going to happen? You know, uh, when I was in Bible college, one of the things you always see in Bible college Man, you see these students getting angry, getting frustrated, getting mad at the teachers. And then they're like, I'm leaving here. I mean, I'm, and, you know, I would always ask them, I'd say, so do you think God knew that these problems existed? Or first I would say, do you think God sent you here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So do you think God knew about these problems down here before he sent you? Well, I don't know. Well, of course he did. And so if God sent you here and he knew about these problems before you ever got here, then why are you changing your mind? You know, don't change your mind because it gets hard. See, if God spoke this to you, see it through till the end. But again, people will talk about God speaking to them. Then the question is, do they ever really follow it through? Or do they, do they quit? Do they change? You know, when things get hard or get challenging. So then back at that same time, he says, you know, two, uh, uh, in two, year, uh, two years, uh, excuse me, three years, you're going to move. And, you know, a major change is going to happen in your life. Then two years after that, you're going to move. And so, you know, sure enough, two years. I've been there two years. And uh, I, got to, I almost hate to say this because I, I know this doesn't always happen this way for everybody. But I started getting offers for churches that wanted me to come or uh, cities that wanted me to come and start churches. And so actually, I, and man, I'll just hate to say this because I don't want you to feel like if you don't have this experience, there's something wrong because there's not. But I, ha and I was looking at all these offers. I was like, God, I have no idea where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. All I know is we're coming up on the time for me to leave. Well, I had a dream and I saw a building and the property that was on. And ultimately, a church invited me to come. And when I went to visit, it was this very building that I had seen this dream. I was absolutely sure of what to do. I felt peace about it in my heart. So I went. So then, at the same time that God said, you know, three years, uh, two years. And then he said this. Then, in ten years, I will begin to establish you in your calling. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I had not known this, if I had not heard this in my heart, I don't know that I would have ever had the courage to step up and to fulfill my calling. Because 10 years later, my life was pretty much in shambles. I lost everything I had. I was completely broke. I was, you know, in and out of the hospital. I'd been sued a bunch of times. I mean, everything that you can imagine was going wrong in my life. And I'm telling you, 
one day, and it was, my life was hard. I mean, I was, I, I worked hard, uh, but a lot of things just didn't seem to work out right. And I'll never forget one day I was riding down the road and uh, I, re I turned the radio off. I just, I mean, I was just so internally struggling over what to do next. And I'm telling you, it sounded like the, the Lord spoke out loud. Now, I know he didn't, but it sounded awesome. And he said, it's been 10 years. The moment, I'd already com completely forgotten about this word that he had given me. But the moment he said that, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I'm telling you, I began to weep uncontrollably. And I said, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And you know something? He spoke to me. He walked me through it. And I did it. And so 10 years later, I launched out. And that's actually when I began uh, Impact Ministries. And everything has happened now for decades. The, the books have been distributed all over the world. The videos that are distributed all over the world. The Bible schools. That are, everything that has happened since then was because when that 10-year mark came up, I was ready. And, and through all of these other demarcation points, I got ready every time I saw them coming. You know, um, so I was able to identify and prepare for each of these moves. So, so, so some of you will say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't happen for me that way. So, so you know, why, why is God being so nice to you? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, God's being nice to everybody. The question is, are we receiving it? Are we hearing it? Are we recognizing it? And so, you know, I'm not telling you you should fast, Ryan. I'm not telling you anything you should do other than whatever it takes to cast off all of the bonds of the limitations that keep you from connecting with God, keep you from being able to hear his voice and, and have a prayer life and read the Bible. And uh, when God speaks to you, pretty simple. You just, you just do whatever, <laughs> whatever he says do. Now, one of the reasons that we don't prepare for some prophecies is because we don't want them to be true. We don't, some of them we read in the Bible, we don't want them to be true. Uh, uh, you know, people are flipping out everywhere saying, man, I, I don't know if I can go through the tribulation. Well, I don't, hopefully you don't. Hopefully you're going to be a part of the rapture and you're not going to have to go through the tribulation. But anything that God tells you you're going to face, I'm going to tell you, he's going to give you the grace. He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the power to do it. You know, Jeremiah was one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. And boy, Jeremiah was hated. You know, the children of Israel, the children of Jerusalem, you know, they had gotten them. So, they were so wicked. They were so backslid. They were so, so evil. And so, uh, and so Jeremiah was giving them prophecies, you know, t about the fall of Jerusalem that was coming. And matter of fact, I, I think it was Jeremiah that even told them, don't fight against the captivity because if you do, they'll win. So all these backslid people, they look, act like a bunch of charismatics. You know, they got together and started praying up the faith and getting all bold and all that kind of stuff. And, and so then, they, you know, then it's like, oh, man, we got it now. We got this sold up now. And so they went out and tried to fight and they got killed. They were, they were destroyed and Jerusalem was destroyed, just like Jeremiah said it would be. So there's a lot of times whenever we, you know, whenever we hear a prophecy, we don't like it. We don't want it to be true. You know, in one of our previous uh, uh, Cyberchurch messages, we, we talked about the fact that uh, 1,100,000 people died in the siege at Jerusalem. And, you know, uh, I don't know how many thousands of Christians actually got away. Well, you have to understand 
the Jews that died there could have followed Jesus' teaching, but they didn't want to because they wanted to convince themselves that this was going to be the big change where suddenly, you know, they were going to have the victory and they were all going to repent and do right and God was going to bless them and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so they just didn't want to obey it. One of the places that people never, ever seem to notice is that the Apostle Paul had that same problem. Now, the, see, we read the Bible with rose-colored glasses. We think everybody did right, everybody was good, and all that kind of stuff. Well, the Apostle Paul, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he said that every city and town that he went to, or that he stopped off at on his way to Jerusalem, that people prophesied to him. And in some cases, it were people who had a uh, or it was people who had a reputation for being a prophet. And they all, in every place, said, do not go to Jerusalem because persecution awaits you in Jerusalem. And so, you know, Paul had this thing. He was going to go, and I think he was convinced that somehow or another he could go and have a great influence on Israel, which was his, his passion, which is interesting that God used him so much among the Gentiles, even though his real passion was, in fact, for, uh, for the Jews. And so Paul goes and, and you know, he, he makes a Nazarite vow. He shaves his head and he goes into the temple. And while he's in the temple, I, I think it was an angel. I can't remember for sure. Spoke to him and said, you need to get out of here. The people who seek your life are upon you. While, while Paul was standing there arguing and trying to explain to the angel what he was doing, he was captured. And this is where Paul was put into uh, prison and became a Roman prisoner and spent the rest of his life in a Roman prison. And then ultimately, uh, as far as we know, Nero had him, had him beheaded. And all that, all that was because Paul didn't want the word that he was hearing uh, you know, from the Lord to be said. You know, we, we've, we've talked about the, the fact that, that Daniel, in the ninth chapter of Daniel, Daniel counts the exact number of days between when the edict went forward to rebuild Jerusalem and the walls and the day that Christ would declare himself as king. You know, when, when G, and the exact day, the exact number of days took place on the very day that Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem. And, and so uh, uh, all of the uh, Jewish scholars, they knew exactly when uh, the Messiah was going to come. But the problem was, when he came, he wasn't who they wanted. Now, I'm telling you, the Messiah is coming back again, and he's coming first to call us away. Now, I, I honestly meet very few Christians who are ready for the rapture. They're scared to death of the rapture. Uh, but uh, also, uh, uh, so they hit the brakes. Don't want the rapture. Don't want to think about it. Don't want to talk about it. And also because they're so afraid of the end time events that will be going on. And so, so we are doing right now at the second coming of Jesus, or we, when I say we, I'm talking about the church as a whole. We're doing pretty much the same thing uh, that the Jews did. They're saying, no, we don't really want Jesus to come back and do what he said he's going to do right now. We've we got some other stuff. We, we won't see all of our kids saved. Well, they're not, you know, you're not winning them to Jesus. You're not ministering to them. So anyhow, let me tell you something, folks. I want to help you. And by the way, I've got a, I've got a six um, message audio series 
that you can download right now. If you're taking a deep dive, become a disciple, and you want to know more and more about the rapture and how to prepare yourself for it, you can be sure and get it. Be sure and share this with your friends. I'm going to share some more stuff about prophecy that's going to help you. All right. God bless you. I will be talking to you again in a week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.